0: Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online
1: at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome, your host of Grill Nation, always dressed up and ready to go, even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to Talk 980am and Talk980am.com. Appreciate you joining us as well today on iTunes and TuneIn Radio as well as at grillnationshow.com, which is our show website where you can find all of our podcasts, social media information, pictures of our guests, and uh, all of the uh, great sponsors and supporters of Grill Nation, which I want to mention briefly here at the top. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, Two West Advisors, uh, Bash Real Estate, Catalyst, The Rieger KC, Jay Rieger & Co., and Kansas City Power & Light District, and also contributors to the show are uh, KC Tech Council and uh, Reactor Studios, and one of the great contributors, partners, co- co-supporters, friends, friends friends of the Grill Nation show, and uh, just all around uh, great Kansas Cityans who work very hard on behalf of tech businesses and uh, tech companies throughout Kansas City are uh, is the KC Tech Council. And in studio today, we have Ryan Weber, who is the president of KC Tech Council, and Carol Lowe, who is the vice president at KC Tech Council, a, a new part of the family there at KC Tech Council. Great to have you guys in studio today. Thank you. Thanks. So um, Ryan comes on once a month and kind of we talk about trending topics in tech and really kind of get into what's going on in Kansas City uh, from a policy perspective, uh, advocacy perspective, but also jobs perspective. And uh, one of the new people uh, in town or not in town, but at KC Tech Council is Kara Lowe. We, we introduced the beginning. So Kara, this is a new opportunity for you. You come from uh, the digital or the uh, direct marketing world, I believe, and yeah, indeed I do. Indeed, you do, and you uh, (laughs) spent many years uh, working for very recognized companies here in Kansas City. Tell us a little about your background and how you met Ryan.
2: Yeah, so um, I've I've spent the majority of my career kind of at the intersection of of real estate and development and and marketing. I've worked uh, worked a little, almost a decade on the Country Club Plaza, handling are large-scale events like the Plaza Art Fair and Lighting Ceremony, which if you can't gain an appreciation for all the great things that, uh, you know, the Kansas City community can make happen when they come together through that job, then I don't know what job would show you I those. mean, that is just logistics
1: <laughs> one one right there. Yes. I and mean, you have to really like doing events to do events like yeah,
2: those. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's a ton of fun and certainly a, a huge team effort, but um, but certainly, you know, gave me a, a great exposure. on the Plaza just becomes kind of a crossroads for all sorts of different um, companies and entities and other attractions in Kansas City. So it was a, a blast to to work for that wonderful property for so many years. Mm-hmm. Most recently, I came from the Burbs. I was out at Town Center Plaza, Town Center Crossing, handling marketing efforts for them, which – um Spent a, a couple years there during a pretty fun time of growth, um, handling the grand opening of that new Restoration Hardware, all that kind of fun stuff. So, but um, and then
1: I have to mention that I was involved with that too with Paris yeah. Communications. And so that was a amazing event. So it was, you worked really it was hard indeed. on that. Uh, um, so people yeah, left I, that party and they they left that party and they were excited about it and yeah, indulged that. Let's just put it that way.
2: Right, right, <laughs> right. They were very generous. Yes. <laughs> So I, I met Ryan a couple of years back. We crossed paths um, in the Kansas City uh, Greater Kansas City Chamber Centurions Leadership Program, which is an awesome training ground for future leaders of Kansas City. Introduces you to really kind of the, the key players on both the civic, rising and stars, corporate, and nonprofit side. Yeah. So so Ryan and I met at that program and um, been friends since. And and I you know heard about all the great things happening with the Tech Council. I was looking to kind of dig in a little bit more to the community and, and contribute more in a, in a more broad scope kind of civic way. And this opportunity was just a, too perfect for me to pass up.
1: So you started in October, it looks like. Yeah. So what have you uh, picked up so far with the tech right. community? Right. So
2: I'm, I'm an expert on coding and <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think um I think one of the key things is, is really in, in kind of attributing my, my past to it is, you know, in Kansas city, the dots all connect in a, Really meaningful way. So I think one of the the key things that I've learned is just how the various from entrepreneur startup all the way up to enterprise level how companies are interacting with each other in really interesting ways and kind of helping to collaboratively elevate the the tech scene in Kansas City. And the tech scene is is certainly not a, a pigeonholed entity. I mean, it, it it touches on just about every every company in Kansas City in some way, shape, or form is a tech company. Mm-hmm. Um, And and learning how those you know forms interact and um, all the potential we have to grow that that industry and in this town is really exciting and that's you know I've been kind of at fifty thousand feet since I've been here but but I've really enjoyed getting to know the landscape.
1: Yeah, and Ryan, you uh, tell us about the KC Tech Council. I mean, you've been you've been around for a while, uh, but this is kind of a a new endeavor in in a way, new name, new name, yeah, but. Same kind of core principles and expanded on some of them.
0: Right. So we serve as the regional advocate for Kansas tech industry, and we're funded by tech companies, uh, big and small. So big ones like Cerner and Sprint and Garmin and Google and Microsoft and on and on and on to small companies and some that people maybe never have heard of, and obviously we're trying to change that. But over the five years or so that we've been in this business, and even though the last uh, almost a year now of of being called the KC Tech Council, we're building Has it been that long? uh, Well, it's been since – well, since May. So no, we're not quite there. Okay, we're we're six, be like, seven man, months in, but time really is <laughs> fine. And we're rounding up a little bit. But the goal is to create a vibrant tech community. And the value of that, you can kind of look at other cities like Austin and Portland and other cities that have a vibrant community. And they would directly connect that to their growth, their regional growth, population growth. And here in Kansas, we've got all the dots, like Kara said. I mean, they're, they're, they're starting to be connected. And. The rest of the country is starting to notice what's going on here. I think it's a very exciting time to be in technology. It's an exciting time to be in Kansas City. And uh, for our organization, there's a lot of opportunity still because there are 3,500 tech companies in Kansas City. We have 160 or so that are in our membership. And part of our our goal of bringing Kara on is continue to grow that <laughs> membership as we're continuing to grow our staff and, and the value that we add to our member companies. But it's one of the most uh, important industries in Kansas City. It's one of the largest industries in Kansas City. It's a workforce of sixty-eight thousand,
1: and people don't—the uh, poo-pooers out there—think <laughs> that this is all just a, a mirage. The startup yeah. community, the entrepreneurs, the tech community in Kansas City. Yeah, it, it, we're yeah. trying. We're, we're trying to build this tech city. But your point of view is we already have it. We have it. We have work to do, but we already have these jobs. Yeah, in our
0: city, they pay well. I yes. mean the average salary for someone working in this industry is eighty seven thousand dollars a year. That's an average. In Kansas City. Right. That's Kansas City. Yep. So and starting most I mean companies like Cerner will start you at you between dollars 60 and sixty five thousand. So imagine graduating college. Yeah, right. Why not? And making that kind of dough.
1: Yeah, and uh especially in an era where when we I'm a little older than you guys, but when I got out of college, I mean you get a job at if you're in the financial world back in the day before the crash, I mean you could you know Any kind of those brokerage firms, I mean, in St. Louis where I was, I mean, they were offering... Edward Jones. ...2,000, the economy was skyrocketing. I mean, you could get any job you wanted, but now it's kind of the same way with tech jobs. I mean, if you have the skills, you can step right in. It's a key word, yeah. Yeah, And that's key. Yep. Having the skills, and how do people obtain these skills and learn about these things? And you guys, I know that's important to you. Well,
0: it's key. I mean, it's a skills-based economy now. Mm -hmm. Companies we work with very rarely say, gosh, we wish we had more educated people, (laughs) They want skills, and they want experience, and it takes uh, it takes a certain person to find those skills, but there's so many resources available where anybody can learn how to code, and, and we'll talk about that later in the show.
1: Yes, we will. Uh, Carol Lowe, Vice President of KC Tech Council, and Ryan Weber, who's the President of KC Tech Council, joining Grill Nation Show today. In the next segment, I want to talk to Ryan about a recent trip you made to Apple, actually, in the Silicon Valley uh, he was out there a few weeks ago. Uh, very interesting time. I'm looking forward to hearing some of his stories and seeing what his takeaways were from his trip to Silicon Valley. You're listening to Grill Nation on talk 9 am and talk 9 amcom Special guest today from the KC Tech Council. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts fast like a man on the wire. Can't stop laughing, but I don't. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today. However you're listening, whether it's podcast on 980 AM or at talk980am.com. Also, you can listen to the show every week at grillnationshow.com. We are joined today by Ryan Weber, president of KC Tech Council. Also joining us today is a newly uh, person who has joined the Tech Council. Carol Lowe who's the vice president at the KC Tech Council, a marketing and uh, real estate Guru here in Kansas City, now a tech guru, right, Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Ryan, you know, KC Tech Council does a lot of good. Check it out at kctechcouncil.com. One of the things uh, that you do as part of this uh, career that you have is you travel to other cities uh, often to check out their tech scene, to talk to people there, to meet with influencers, you know, to promote KC, to promote what we're doing. Uh, and one of these trips you made recently was, I believe, to Silicon Valley. What was yeah. that trip like and how did that come to be? And tell us about uh, kind of the key key takeaways, uh, and we'll get into kind of some of the fun tidbits. It's always interesting
0: to travel west and to go to the valley. We often try to compare Kansas City to the valley, and I'm going to be honest, we we don't compare well at all. Do we compare? No. No, we,
1: but people try to compare.
0: I've never – I don't, Yeah, and even the term Silicon Prairie, which I cannot – Stand.
1: That was the first term that came out of um, when we and I kind of got involved maybe with the Entrepreneur KC show about four or five years ago. Yeah. That was kind of the hot. Yeah. I mean, we, we, use had, that we, had, term we had a, a website lot. called Silicon Prairie. We had a, uh, it yeah. was very used and it was supposed to be Des Moines, Kansas City, and Omaha. Let right? it die. So, but now everyone has that. Now everyone has Silicon, yeah. Silicon Beach, Silicon, Silicon
0: Alley in yeah. New York, Silicon Desert, whatever they're talking about in the, in the, yeah, it, let it die. Um, <laughs> we don't need it. It's not a strategy comparing yourself to another place that uh, we don't compare well, but we do compete. And I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, you know, I guess the earlier there's 3,500 tech companies. There's 350,000 tech companies in Silicon Valley. It is the hub of a lot of that activity. You know, it, you can make claims whether or not it's real activity. But you know, there's a lot of tech companies out there, and I think that's pretty well known. One of the biggest ones out there is, is Apple, and we've had a very um, – Lucky, privileged relationship with that company, and they're very interested in what's happening in Kansas City, especially from an education standpoint. But, yeah, we, we had a great opportunity to take a handful of our board members to visit the campus, which is cool. It's cool. It's, it's where, sexy. It's, where it's, is it in Silicon Valley? Because I've been to Cupertino. Facebook. I've
1: been to Facebook. I've been to Twitter. Yeah. Never been to Apple.
0: So Twitter's downtown San Francisco now. Uh, Facebook, I think, is in Palo Alto. Yeah, it's right by Stanford. literally so across the street. Cupertino would be between Palo Alto and San Jose. Near Google? Uh, is in Mountain Views. It's not far, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's all right there, um, which, you know, there's a lot of value in having all those tech companies just down the street from each other. Uh, but it's cool, you know, Apple is a hardware company mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and really they're an education company, because if you think about it, even when we grew up, we grew up learning how to use a computer as probably an Apple E. So it was a green yeah. screen, well, Oregon trail playing, it, yes. numbers crunchers. Yes, I mean, that,
1: learn how to keep, use a yeah, keyboard on Yeah, You that. and
0: I both still have our Macs open. So clearly they had a <laughs> I- impact on us. Yeah.
1: I, I went in college. I think I went, uh, PC and then I turned back to Apple. Yeah. In 2008. And it's been a, it's been a, a beautiful <laughs> thing.
0: Yeah. PCs are definitely, are definitely different. But, um, anyways, it's a hardware company mm-hmm. and it's different because what we, you, we just mentioned a number of software companies. Now, Google and Facebook have tried a number of things with hardware and it's just some success too, but it's a longer term play. So they're probably some of the more futurists in Silicon Valley than you'll find because they're looking multiple years out. And it's interesting when you walk around campus, there's people carrying cases that are basically handcuffed to themselves and um, things covered in black sheaths because they're, they're future products (laughs) that they're building on campus, which is kind of cool, sexy stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they're very secretive. Security is at an all-time high on the Apple what campus. Was it? What was that like for you? Well, they kind of joke around about it, but they're not—they're not joking. So well, it was
1: like that at Google too when I went. Yeah, Google was very You know, high I, I security.
0: Pushed the envelope a little bit on some pictures, but uh, oh, did you? Well, they just remind you that that's not allowed, and and I understand because um, it's a very competitive environment. Everyone would love to know what Apple's working on. You could become a very wealthy person if you had some insider info on what their future. Product features are going to have, and the future releases, and the announcements, and all that. You could be, be very, very wealthy person, mm-hmm. but they—they're interesting because uh, you're breaking
1: down the new iPhone down there. You got the—you see a phone, and you're just like, "Well, we did get <laughs> to see it. We actually
0: did get to meet a product manager who discussed how they design products, which we don't think about this. But if you were to close the Mac in front of you now, and you, let's say you don't have two hands, you can still open it. Most other laptops, you need two hands to open that. Their devices can literally work with anybody, whether you're blind, deaf, disabled. You can use most of their the, the features on their devices. Mm. And I don't think I really ever realized that before. And they, they'll tell you that they don't like to tell you what their products can do. They want you to be surprised when you find out what their products can do, which is kind of cool, kind of elitist, but it's kind of cool.
1: It is cool. I mean, I never thought about that, you know?
0: Yeah, but we got to play with the new MacBook, which uh, I don't want to plug, but it's it's... I mean, they're coming out with more. They, they, they're never out of ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting, the people that we met and the stories they would tell you about working with Steve Jobs. And uh, I've read the book. It's interesting. I mean, he was a very complicated person, but would often ask people questions like, what are you doing here and should you even be working here? And <laughs> really? There was a story we were told about a person who uh, was brand new on the job. And they literally sat them at a desk and said, think, and walked away. And didn't talk to him for two more weeks. <laughs> That's what they wanted him to do: sit here and think. And he came up with the uh, the blinking light that lets you know that your computer is in sleep mode, and not on or off. And that way, you know your Mac is sleeping, so you can just open it and use it. And that was a brilliant advancement for him. Really. But anyways, um, one of the things that we were out there that we took a handful of board our board members, some some tech executives from Kansas City, to learn about. Apple's uh, involvement in education, and that's really what they are at the core of their company is an, is an education business. So, um, the products, the software, they're very focused on that market. And we learned about a, a lot of new features. In fact, a new program that they announced called Everyone Can Code, which should be available to every student. In fact, if anyone listening has a child that uses an iPad, download the Swift Playground where you can learn how to... Your, your child will literally start building an application in front of you, and it's the very basics of learning how to code. Now, Swift is not a coding language that's used in the workforce right now, but it's a great teaching language. Swift. Swift. S-W-I-F-T. Okay. Not Swifty. It's only available for the iPad, but Swift Playground. It's on the iPad App Store, and you can immediately download it now and start learning how to code. In fact, it was funny. We i took a picture of this, but some of our executives that were there at the briefing, uh, we took an hour and we learned how to code. And for many of them, and I won't call out their names, oh, but wow. uh, they they run tech companies and they don't know how to code, and they were learning right then and there, and it's proof that truly everyone can code.
1: Mm-hmm. So, wow. So you, so you went to Apple. Um, how long were you out there at Silicon Valley?
0: Just a couple of days. I always learn something new every time I'm out there. I was in San Francisco for a day, and uh, I hopped on Yelp to find a place to eat. And I noticed something very interesting, that most every review I saw had something to do with cost. Like, was this was this restaurant was this meal valuable? Mm-hmm. And that was that was interesting to me because it's so damn expensive to live out there. Oh yeah, but I want to I be honest. Nobody. It's a cares. million dollars
1: is the median house income or medium household price in um, Palo Alto, I believe, or Silicon Valley.
0: Well, we stayed in Saratoga, which is right outside Cupertino. Mm-hmm. The average home price is five and a half million. <laughs> And that's just stupid. I don't know how much you have to bring home a month to be able to afford that, but it's it's, it,
1: it's kind of like Aspen. Everyone that works in Aspen lives in Snowmass or even further out, and then people that that uh, work there live there are just all foreign investors and it would be super
0: wealthy people. Way more expensive than Aspen.
1: <laughs> I get it, but it's it's kind of that same general, yeah, but, top five places in the United States. Yeah,
0: you know, I think. And on that note, I just want people don't care. People do not care about costs. I often hear our leaders in Kansas City, one of their selling points when they talk to people about the the value of Kansas City and and our um, advantage is cost. It's not. Nobody cares about cost. If they did, they would not live in Silicon Valley or San Francisco. And their population is exploding Hmm. because there's there's a perception that if I move to San Francisco because of a job offer and it doesn't work out, there are thousands of other companies for me to work at, which is true. However, in Kansas City, our perception is not that way. But it's also true. If you get an opportunity to work at Cerner, it doesn't work out. There are plenty of other places to work. Well, but we saw that. Well, we perception. saw that with,
1: with well, maybe, maybe back in the day with Sprint. They've, they've gone through a bunch of layoffs, obviously, which have been hard for people. But, but back in the day, you see so many people now that were at Sprint. Now they do something else. They started their own business or they're yeah. at another tech company. Right? Yeah. So, so there you go.
0: But it's funny because, I mean, pe- people are willing to p- live in a place that is literally unaffordable because the perception that there's opportunity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas we look at like, well, cost has got to be one of our driving factors. Absolutely is not. I mean, I've been in the room with companies <clears> that have decided to move to Kansas City and they finally learned about the cost here and like, oh, that's that's a nice to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an, an add-on. You point. can
0: get that big of a house here, um, but they don't care. So it's not something we should hang our hat on. Uh, it's just a, it's a nice to have. But- it's interesting because they're continuing to grow out there and explode. Um, I do think it's a, there's a bubble that's going to burst someday. But Has everyone, it already
1: burst at some point? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think everyone that, uh, young people specifically out there, you know, they're one flat tire away from being broke or they're one medical issue away from literally having no money because they've they got to be paycheck to paycheck. There's no way. There's no way people can afford to live there. <laughs> no,
1: right? There really is not. Um, Kara, have you been, ever been out there before? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. To me it could be like any suburban. Uh you could be driving to the Leewood on the highway, right. but on every side there's just buildings with, with startup logos on them. Yeah, right it, mentioned it's that. A, it's
2: it's not like so it's not like when you think of a metropolis <laughs> and you have these, you know, forty, fifty story buildings. It is it is like a jointed suburbia of two to three story kind of office park buildings and but just filled with one sector basically,
0: I give them credit, they do have way better mountains and beaches than we do. <laughs> yeah, but do. that's uh, it's not anything we can change, but
1: but we'll get back into that after the break more with Ryan and Kara from KC Tech House.
2: First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it, and I'm still in the murder business, I can hold you down, like I'm giving lessons in physics right, right. You should wanna be. I only got 10 likes in the last five minutes. Do you think I should take it
1: down? Let me take another selfie. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening to the show today. Uh, KMBZ 980 a.m. and talk980 a.m. I appreciate listening as well on GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes today. Uh, been a great show so far. We're lucky to have on. The president of the KC Tech Council, Grill Nation contributor and supporter, Ryan Weber, and also Kara Lowe, who is the vice president of the KC Tech Council in studio today. Had a great hour so far talking about uh what's going on at KC Tech Council, what what they do is important, learning a little bit more about Kara, and also talking about Ryan's recent trip to Silicon Valley with some of the uh board of advisors, directors that he works with at KC Tech Council. So, Ryan... Um, a lot of cool stuff happened for you guys out there in Silicon Valley, a lot of a lot of interesting takeaways. Talk to me about kind of some of those key takeaways that you guys left with, you know, the executives and you that you learned that you think that we can uh, implement here in Kansas City or, or just, you know, uh, things that you were surprised about.
0: Well, you know, with Apple, it's kind of interesting because they, they host these education executive briefings literally every day. In fact, there were two other groups from across the country there that day too. That's
1: my question. Like, what do they, that's another good question. What do they think about Kansas city? What do, like, if they're doing this every day, it's just like a, it's like giving a tour at, 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 you know, the white house or something or at a, I mean, yeah, some, some building like that's
0: world known. I mean, they were incredibly hospitable to us and so nice and gracious because I think they also realize that they've got to educate people about the amount of resources that are available to them, especially educators. Now, we all know living, especially in the, in the states we do, that education is a huge issue, mm-hmm. and the funding of that education is a huge issue, especially in Kansas. And
1: you know, is it in Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, recently right. it has been. Yeah. And I,
0: I've I've talked to a few administrators and superintendents over the last several months. We've been working on a little project that will hopefully be in, able to announce soon, because we want the industry to be further connected with education and. And it's so severe, they've, they've never seen this amount of funding, I and mean, they've demanded to cut everything essential, which we're really concerned they're going to cut coding classes. They're going to cut the key uh, skill development that these students are going to need. I mean, I can't believe that this isn't mandatory yet, where students are graduating high school with key technology skills, but it's not. It's an elective because there's a lack of funding. There's a lack of teachers who know how to teach these courses. And Apple is kind of screaming from California saying, we can help. And they've got free resources available to the, to uh, teachers, to parents, and they want everyone to know. And it's a new thing for them, new new products, new offerings for them. And we're going to make sure that we can help make some of these ha- things happen in Kansas City. I think what would surprise people listening to this show is the lack of consistency in education from school districts. I'm not talking about affluent ones or non-affluent ones or Missouri or Kansas, but uh, it's a real lack of consistency. I mean, some school districts teach one-to-one, one one device per student where the teachers are using iPads in the classroom, teaching students how to do math and they can actually see the brain working Mm -hmm. um, because you're projecting your work onto a screen where your students, your, your fellow students are learning with you and, there's a lot of great research around the, the value in that, but I also understand I'm I'm not a parent. but I understand yeah. that you don't want your kids on the device. Well, all and day, I think right? that's
2: an important you know distinct distinction to make too. Is it's not just device based learning. That's not tech education. No, it it is it is a vehicle to educate children, but it is not in and of itself. Kids are not learning tech skills because they're using an iPad in their classroom. I mean, if anything, Apple has designed products that are so responsive. That it almost takes away any sort of education necessary to operate yeah. that device so I mean I think it I think when you're talking more about the resources that they have available to educators it's really honing in on creating a, a classroom full of children who are comfortable with utilizing technology beyond just you know a touchscreen or or different devices that they may be using in classrooms
0: and they, they didn't specifically say this but I think there's a concern from Apple that what they've built, what they've created, is somehow going to replace the teachers or replace teaching. And that's not at all true. I think it's an enhancement in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And it allows teachers an extra level of uh, access to the student's mind, the individual mind, but how they're learning and where that roadblock is. And it's it's interesting because I mean, we also learned, too, that um, you know, we know that diversity is needed in the tech industry. Mm-hmm. Apple's got 90,000 people that work for them. I think less than 10% is what they would consider diverse.
1: 90,000,
0: 90,000 globally. That's right. In fact, uh, our people that we, uh, that were our hosts in Cupertino, one lives in Chicago, one lives in Kansas city, and one lives in St. Louis. <laughs> so to think that they're all out there, uh, just focusing on things in Silicon Valley, it's not true. In fact, uh, I was very surprised to see that our, our hosts, our, our executive leaders were actually from the Midwest mm. and live in the Midwest. And, uh, the Midwest is a huge opportunity for Apple to continue to see others support this. In fact, one of the key uh, schools that they modeled about the success of using device-based learning is, is a school in Goodland, Kansas, hmm. called Northwest Kansas Technical College. And I'll be honest with you, I've never heard of this yeah, school right. before, <laughs> but it's a, it's a vote tech school. I mean, they learn basic welding, automotive tech, on and on. And enrollment had just plummeted. And they had a new leader come in, and he made a partnership op- agreement with Apple. And they're one-to-one. Every student at that college has a device. Every teacher is is learning and, and teaching on the device. And they went from a 300-person school to over 1,000 because wow. that's what students, I think, want and demand at that so level. So
1: when we're talking about tech jobs and education, is it really just all skills? coding? Is that all we're talking about? No, I don't want I mean, to be careful because what yeah, I just described is, is VOTEC. Yeah, vote and tech? I've
0: noticed I was at a conference in New Orleans this year uh, for an education program called Jobs of the Future, which is a, and also part of the Pathways to Prosperity program. But I realize when I'm talking to educators and I, I say tech, they immediately think of Votech vote mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm talking about. There are two kinds of jobs. There are tech occupations. There are tech jobs. Tech occupations would be something that you work at a tech company, but you don't necessarily touch the technology. So you're a project manager, maybe in the marketing department, something like that. But tech jobs are our computer, what I would say hardware, software jobs. You're either building, creating, technology.
2: And those happen at tech companies, and they happen at banks and hospitals. Thank and you.
0: That's a great point, is that even though the company may not identify themselves as a tech company, they use technology, they are Every company market. is a tech company. I almost. agree. You
1: could, all, you, could, you could say that.
2: And attracting and sustaining talent you know, for that part of their company. Is yeah, which is great if you're the KC success. Tech
1: Council and you can say that every company in Kansas City is a tech company. It's not company. a small right. market. At yeah. some, at so, in some in way. In some way, shape, or form.
0: Well, and if anyone's listening and disagreeing, you're probably listening to this either on iTunes, which is a pretty large <laughs> through, through social media platform, or through your HD radio in your car, whatever it may be, or and even you're streaming you're online. your device yeah. if you are in your car. Uh, it's, it's part of our everyday life. So,
1: uh, Ryan, talk to me about policy this is one of the things that you guys really are concerned about at the KC tech council, what policy uh, changes or effects are going through at Missouri and Kansas? Uh, What do we have to look out for? Why is this important? Why should tech people, why should Kansas city care about public policy?
0: Well, tech companies I think are pretty new and you you look at your more established firms and they've got lobbyists, they've Mm got more mature associations. We've only been around for, for almost six years now. And yeah you know the other associations from from more mature industry has been around for a hundred years, so it's a relatively new uh leadership positions for tech companies to be in, but in Kansas City, the largest employer in this region is Cerner. they're a tech company um and, and most people
1: think of them as a healthcare company,
0: yeah, and they would even probably say that they are, but I mean really they are at the core technology would be part of their description obviously and were then the Sprint on the other side of the state line. And so anyways, they're, in each state, the largest employers are tech companies. And at the state level and even the federal level, they're starting to realize how important this industry is now. And that's also finding its way into policy too. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think one of the important things too, we were, we were in a policy discussion a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of the regulatory kind of environments around well-established organizations like, you know, the financial uh, community and, and even healthcare, there's a, there's maybe a more, there's a longer road of regulatory policy behind them. Whereas tech, it's a much shorter road. they've really only started figuring out how to regulate and you know legislate around tech companies within the last couple decades.
0: Yeah, and there's one example right now that I'll give as far as uh, something that can affect every company, but a lot of specific tech companies. Uh, there's a bill right now that's uh, in the Senate Finance Committee, which is called the Empowering Employees Through Stock Ownership Act. And so this is
1: the U.S. government?
0: This, this is federal. Okay. So this U.S. Senate. The chair of that finance committee is Senator Roberts from Kansas. <laughs> so it's like these things come full circle here. They really this, do. This act here is important because if you work at a tech company, let's say even a startup tech company, and they give you some stock options, and you want to exercise those options, or let's say the company sells or doesn't sell, you own stock. You also owe taxes on that stock. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Oh, yes. And you owe, you owe those taxes in the year that they're received and every year after that. It's an unrealized gain. It's a taxable event. So let's say you get a slice of a company, 1%, and that company is worth a million dollars. You own 1% of a million. Tech companies usually scale in value pretty quickly. And pretty soon that 1% could be 1% of a billion or multiple billions of dollars. You have to pay taxes on that.
1: Yeah, of course you do. I do the same thing with SOC 101, and I, every year I want to pass on a tech company, and I'm like, gosh, we're putting everything back in the commerce, business. It's but, commerce. But, but it really it's, it's, it hurts you. It really does. It, you That's know, right. When you got to pay those taxes, even though it's unrealized gains.
0: And when it's a private company, uh, you don't have anywhere to sell those shares. There's no market, really. Uh-huh. So this act essentially gives you seven years to pay off that burden and other great advantages. and It, helps, it would help encourage companies to give out more SOC ownership, but it, which also, I think, create a lot of wealth. And it's one of those examples of something that does affect tech companies specifically, but really all companies, and that's something that we're advocating for now. What is that bill again? It's called the Empowering Employees Through Stock Ownership Act. And if anyone from Senator Roberts' office is listening, I would highly encourage him to support it, get it out of committee, let's get a conversation about it, help yeah, a lot of tech companies Can in we our get region. that passed in yeah, the
2: yeah, lame session of, coming up? That'd be great. I think there's a chance, actually, we're working on that. <laughs> And a lot of these policy initiatives in in our in the tech sector. I mean, these are nonpartisan things. These are sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, these are these are pretty generally agreeable types of of, of ways to move forward.
1: Great. Well, guys, uh, thanks for coming on today. We got one segment left with you. This has been very uh, informational and enjoyable. We're talking to. You. Carol Lowe and Ryan Weber from KC Tech Council. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Thanks for
0: listening. I
1: Welcome back to the show, Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Special guests today Ryan Weber and Kara Lowe from KC Tech Council, a supporter contributor of Grill Nation. We have them on once a month. Uh, been really great. They do some amazing work at the KC Tech Council. The website is kctechcouncil.com. Again, the KC Tech Council works uh, works to help attract, retain, and grow technology companies and highly skilled tech talent in Kansas City, ensuring the sustained competitiveness of our region into the future. Uh, some amazing things happening at KC tech council and, uh, really great to talk to them about policy, about Ryan's recent trip to Silicon Valley and get to know Carol Lowe in our first segment today and, uh, learn more about her background and what she's going to be doing at KC tech council. Ryan, um, you guys got some exciting things coming up, don't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's three pillars to organization. There's, there's workforce development is one policy advocacy is two. And the third is industry access, which include events. It's ways for you to get access to our companies, access to other technology folks in Kansas City, and even on our website, you can get access to other technology events that we aren't even hosting. But we run a couple of different event series, and I'll kind of talk about those real quick, and I'll tee it over to Kara to give you more detail on those. But uh, we'll have more to be announced here soon. But Right now, we we host uh, a Tech on Tap series where it's just networking events at microbreweries around town we want people to go experience those different lifestyle assets in Kansas city. And uh, those are open to the public. We do have a couple of uh, opportunities for non-members to go to those. Now the next one, uh, we'll give more e- detail on that it actually is restricted for members only, but we also have a tech CEO speaker series that we've partnered with KU Edwards on. It's actually hosted or sponsored by RSM. And that series is exciting to us because there are a number of very exciting tech CEOs in town, who really haven't got a chance to have their story told. And, and the last one we hosted was Joe Ratterman, who is one of the founders and former CEO of Bats, mm-hmm. which just announced that they may be being purchased for $2.3 billion. <laughs> so they're a unicorn. We're going to need
1: to have you on that show after that unicorn uh, happens.
0: Yeah, well, they can't talk about it much now, but I'm sure... <laughs> You know, the first, uh, the first thought was maybe that's a bad thing. For Kansas City, it's not. It's going to be a great story for Kansas People City. People always
1: think that when whenever a business sells. Like Boulevard did the same thing and everyone was livid, and now it's getting even better. This may be a similar
0: better. story to Boulevard. Yeah, it's an exciting opportunity for the folks at BATS, and their office will continue to grow, their business will grow, and it'll grow in Kansas City. So uh, anyway, so Joe was great. Our next Tech CEO Speaker Series event will be in December. You can go to our website and look at our events calendar and register. Actually, was Scott Koons, who was the founder and CEO of Perceptive Software for a long time, and then they sold to Lexmark and continued to grow that business through Lexmark. Scott served as a senior vice president and continued for multiple years after the acquisition. One of the most talented software developers and, and tech CEOs in town, and I'm really excited to tell his story because Perceptive was one of those amazing success stories in Kansas City and proved that you can scale an enterprise level tech company in this town. And they did it by hiring a lot of young, talented people from local universities. Mm-hmm. And they did, they create a lot of unique culture things in their office that continue today, like putting slides in and things like that. I mean, dodgeball, dodgeball court. That's right. <laughs> um, and so we'll have Scott on stage explaining some of the thought process behind some of that. And he's a young guy. You never know. He may be on to something else. So we'll see if we can get him to talk more about
1: that too. A lot of things coming up. There are, there are, um, while continuing to do all the other work that you guys do, it's it's a lot to take on. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that, there's a number of other ways to engage in our in our organization, and I'll turn over to Kara yeah. to talk about some of those.
2: Well, you know, and one of the things I like the most about this organization is it's not just for one type of tech company; it's not just for one um, level of tech company. We run the gamut, like I mentioned, from startup entrepreneur all the way up to enterprise level companies like Cerner and Sprint and a, a host of other great Kansas City companies. Um, I think you know. Access is of paramount importance, I think to just about any company in this in this city it's a we live in a very connected environment um and we're proud to offer really great ways to bring our membership together um and certainly you know in person is 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 at our events is one key way and then also we have a, an exclusive membership portal called Member Zone that we um, utilize to connect our membership where you can um, communicate with you know your fellow. Um, all the way from, you know, executive level to um, entry-level employees at, at various tech companies uh, throughout the region um, and share your events, share your news, kind of, you know, let this industry in on what's happening at your company. And it's been really a fun platform to watch. You know, I'm, again, only a few weeks in, but it's it's great to see all the cross-conversation that happens on that, in that format.
0: It's ironic that we use technology to engage with <laughs> our members. How about that? But we do. It, it, Member Zone is one of the, the – when we, we announced uh, – in May or our split from KCADC and that was one of the first things we did was license software platform that allow us to engage our members. I mean, we heard from them loud and clear that they wanted to be able to connect with companies easily and so um this software tool allows them to do that and allows us to track engagement. In fact every other month you get a report from us letting letting you know the company leader how many of your people went to our events? How many clicks you got on the yeah. website? How, just how much?
2: Cause if anyone loves analytics. Yeah. It's tech companies. Yeah, cause we, we, we heard do. that yeah, from a lot did. of them that
0: they wanted us to be able to measure the value. Well, right. we can do that now. When you
2: hear a lot about, you know, ROI when you're looking at joining and association. various associations. And, and it's really helpful for us to create a measurable analytical ROI format. And then I think also anecdotal ROI is important too. And we have, we have yeah. a, ton of those stories where you overhear conversations just at our board meetings between executives at local companies talking about the future ways that they can align with each other. And there's a lot of those great anecdotal stories too. Yeah,
0: and there's, really, there's two levels to be involved with us. There's membership, which is really your access to the organization, to the communication string, to the events. Mm-hmm. And there's sponsorship. And we're very lucky to have the companies that sponsor us at different levels. I mean, it's companies like Sprint, and Lexmark and Bats and VML and Black Ops Development and RSM and Nettrolley Properties and I can go Pulse on and, and on and on. Pulse, on. Pulse Sinelli, <laughs> KCADC. I mean, we're very lucky to have those the support of those organizations. And, and I love seeing those logos on our website because um, that's the that's the community. Those are the companies that are supporting not just financially, but they're supporting right. the future of Kansas City's Tech industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and they really are true partners. Just. Having you know begun working with with the different in, uh, kind of sponsor investors, is you ha- have the opportunity to kind of help us steer and and move in the direction that benefits your company and benefits the tech environment in Kansas City. I mean, we are a growing organization. We you know have an established history, but this is a new phase and it's a fun one because there's really kind of a a, a sky's the limit approach that we have now, where we can just continue to grow and collect more membership, and the larger we are and the more connected this industry is, the more um, beneficial we can be as an organization to help really change the game um, for a lot of these companies that are our members.
1: And uh, you guys have a Twitter page. It's we used technology. It's at KC Tech Council.
0: For as long as Twitter's still around, we've got. It's going
1: to be around. I have stock in Twitter. I'm, I, I should yeah. have sold we'll it. Have probably. We'll to shut down our Vine,
2: yeah. but other than yeah, that,
1: the yeah, Vine's yeah. gone, but Twitter's still around. I, I'm still still liking Twitter. I think it's going to continue to. Man, it's, it's been fun during this election. This election yeah. yeah, it's it's been <laughs> proven that during sports, elections, major events, it's it's huge. Um, but yeah, I would need that stock price to go up a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been up to the You're, 30s, and now it's back down to the 15. You better just commit now. <laughs> I've admitted. I, I don't even look at it anymore. Yeah. So, um, Guys, it's been really great having you on the show today. Uh, Ryan Weber, president of KC Tech Council, and Carol Lowe, vice president of KC Tech Council. Their website is kctechcouncil.com. Again, there's so many different things they can they can do for you if you join their association, but also really good education and uh, talked a lot about policy today, which is always interesting to me. But Ryan will be on the show uh, again next month uh, with more really great uh, analysis on the tech community and some more interviews, uh, which will be exciting. And uh, it's always great to have you guys on the show. Uh, You bring a lot of value to the Grill Nation show. And uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I'm excited and hoping the Kansas City's tech scene will continue to grow and We'll continue to learn from other communities, right, Ryan?
0: That's right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate being on.
1: Kara, thanks for uh, coming on today. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, and we will see you again next week. Take care.